Hey, it's Melvin, one of your friendly neighborhood podcast hosts. Whether it's your first time tuning in or you're a longtime listener, consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever. Reviews are the lifeblood of the podcast world, so if you want to help us out, it'll take only a moment of your time. Otherwise, we hope you enjoy the show. I feel like I have to cough to like get my voice ready. <coughs> is this, All right. is this a we joke? are officially ready to come back to podcasting. I got the dust oh, out okay. of my throat and we're ready to go. Welcome back to the Cinematic Doctrine Podcast. And I'll put in some happy noises in the background. Maybe just maybe just Dan's confused voice. I'll you, use haven't, a, you haven't lost a step, Melvin. You're just as sharp and funny as, as use ever. A deep fake voice modulator for you. Yeah, you'll um, to say nice Boba, things. Book to of me. Boba Fett me into the episode. Not even Book of Boba Fett. Uh, Book of Boba Fett. Uh, no, it is. Um, haven't lost a step, Melvin. I know. <laughs> I my brain never just as do this. quick and. At a full day of work, we are recording at nine o'clock p.m. Which for us is late because we're old people. Anthony Bourdain w- walked so that book of Boba Fett could run. That's what I was going to say. Uh, because well, seamlessly in editing, that will, that will be seamlessly. <laughs> Welcome back to the Cinematic Doctor podcast. This is yeah. It is so good to be here, Daniel. Where were we? What was happening? Why weren't we podcasting? You were doing. You were going to try, and I told you, "What the heck? Don't." <laughs> So my computer broke down and then and and I fixed my computer before multiple times. Uh, not not like it's always having problems, but this was the first time where every time I've had a solution, something else broke down. And it was a month and a half process. Uh, I'm not embarrassed about the money I spent. I just won't tell you it because it's a lot uh, to try and get it fixed. I was falling apart. I was livid. I've never felt this strong of emotions and at one point I put my head in my hands and I just I just stopped and I said if this was six years ago I could do this like an, like I'm an old person now but I emotionally could not handle doing this anymore and I, I said that actually right when my computer was fixed <laughs> like there was just one thing that I thought wasn't fixed and I was like I'm not doing so then I just sat down and watched TV and then three days later I went back and it was actually fine but now now we can podcast again and that's kind of the only reason I wasn't doing. Yeah, I like the implication but, from that story that you just assumed that I couldn't podcast on my own without you. Well, I <laughs> where, like, said no. <laughs> Dan, was you can't do to, this without me. Dan, <laughs> well, you were getting more powerful by the minute. There was, no. You texted me and said, I've been editing my church podcast and I have much more respect for you, which was an interesting way to say it because uh, I do all the editing for the podcast. So I guess maybe I was just like, you're not allowed to start podcasting without me, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're trying to <laughs> like take <Yeah>. over. <laughs> oh, man. Next, it's going to say Cinematic Doctrine, a Dan and Melvin podcast instead yeah. of a Melvin and Dan podcast. Yeah, like Melvin presents Cinematic Doctrine <laughs> starring Melvin. A Daniel show. <laughs> uh, a Daniel show. <laughs> oh, man. But that's that was really the core, the crux of why we didn't do anything. And then the reason I advised Daniel not to do anything for the podcast, even on the Patreon, uh, well, you can explain your side of it, but you, so let's just say the Lord had good timing for why we weren't podcasting. Well, 
So before, even before your technical problems started popping up, we're going to go all the way back to Christmas Eve. Uh, Christmas Eve, I hope you're sitting comfortably or at least driving in not super difficult traffic or the people on the train aren't weird and rubbing your shoulders or something. But um, yeah, so Christmas Eve, it's a big deal in my wife's family. It's family tradition that everyone gathers for that. Um, back in the day, it was so well attended that they would hand out menus to people coming so they could order what food they wanted to get made by the time they arrived. Uh, however, due to recent events, um, COVID is Spider-Man no way home. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody having to get their tickets. Nobody could come because they were just <laughs> web swinging away. Um, so, but, uh, you know, my mother-in-law is someone who's taking COVID quite seriously. Uh, so everyone that she had invited was vaccinated except for my father. And so her concession was, okay, like we want the family to be together. So if your father like gets one of those like rapid negative tests before he comes, like he can come over. So we actually went and spent Christmas Eve morning with my family. And then we all gathered together for Christmas Eve uh, together. So at the Christmas Eve morning, I got into an argument with my brother and I made him cry. And then I drove home to <laughs> grab wanna, the gifts for Christmas Eve. Not, not, not on purpose. Oh, <laughs> so we had an argument and I accidentally said something quite hurtful to my brother that I'm as a joke. Uh, my brother did not take it as a joke and he started to cry. Uh, my brother is on the autism spectrum and I in, unintentionally joked about him being weird and not being able to make friends. It came off funnier in the moment <laughs> oh to me. Um, context is a perfect humor. I didn't just I didn't I didn't just point at him and laugh and say you're Dan a weirdo. Can, Dan can never was, have a podcast now because someone it, will bring this up. No, it's it's more <laughs> we were just we were joking around as brothers and and I accidentally um, said something I probably shouldn't have and um I didn't realize that it was something that he was sensitive about. It ended up being good because we talked about it and um it was that ended up being good in the end, but in the moment it was terrible because I made my brother cry and it was Christmas Eve and all that. So I drove home <laughs> to grab the gifts for Christmas Eve where my landlord had to be a letter saying he was raising my rent. And I said, Merry Christmas. And I got in my car and promptly got into a bad car accident. And <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I forgot got, all of this. <laughs> I, oh I got out of the car. I could have driven away, but I didn't. And I got out of the car and the guy said, what were you doing? You, you didn't see me. He was like screaming at me. And I was in such a daze. I was like, man, I'm so sorry. This is my fault. My rent's getting raised. I'm not thinking, man, I'm so sorry. And he was just like, he was like trying to get me mad, but I was so just like, whatever. He was just like, all right, well, you, you need to be more careful. And I was like, yeah, man, I know it's my fault. And he's like, all right, well. <laughs> I was like, this may surprise you based on current events, but I have never been in a car accident like this before. So I don't know what, to, what do we do? You take <laughs> so your insurance out. He was like, so he's handing me his driver's license. Yeah. He's, he's doing, he's like walking me through it. I hand him like, I was like, man, I don't have my car insurance on me. My wife does our car insurance stuff. Uh, is it okay if I just like call you later or something? <laughs> he just, and he was like, okay. And so like, he just <laughs> fully puts his faith in me. I get in my car, I'm driving away. And I given him my number and he texts me and he says, you gave me expired car registration. And I look and I'd handed him the car registration for the person who gave me the car. 
So, oh. <laughs> so I guess old. I don't look like a Mary Margaret to him, but I handed him a car registration from like 10 years ago or something crazy. And this, I'm like, this guy thinks I'm ditching him. This guy thinks I just pulled hoodwinked him. I have given him no information. I didn't give him car insurance. I didn't give him a registration. So I ended up, I got, got to Christmas Eve. And I was like, Oh, Hey. And I was like, I need the car insurance. <laughs> she was just like, what? And I was like, I got into an accident. What? And so, uh, so I messaged the guy cracks the car insurance information. He's like, you know what, man, you handled really well. You could have driven away, but you did the right thing. I appreciate that. Merry, Merry Christmas, man. I was like, yeah, Merry Aww, Christmas. That's man. sweet. Like, Good ending. Sorry, sorry we didn't meet this way. Uh, and then S-tier later he ending. later he blamed the whole accident on me. And I'm pretty sure because for reasons that'll uh, that'll pop up, I didn't really fight the car insurance thing. So everyone gets together. Well, you for, couldn't for, if you said, "I'm sorry, man. This is my uh, fault." You've immediately lost. Yeah. You've immediately if lost. You, if you look at the pictures of the accident, it does uh, look really bad on his part because he hit me. He he drove into me the side of my vehicle. So, well, so it, what are you saying is your fault for what? You know, right, whatever. Okay, I, I, I go through life. F tier. By way, this is the worst. Uh, <laughs> So my dad shows you know, up. I he, just turn the other cheek. This is what I do. Yeah. Just turn the, I just turn the other side of the car. Whatever. <laughs> I let him hit the other side of my car. And <laughs> my father leads a Christmas Eve service, comes to uh, our Christmas, the Christmas Eve event. And my, my dad is just somebody who's habitually sick. He's just sick all the time. So he's coughing. He doesn't cover his mouth because he's one of those old men. People start leaving the party because they're like, uh-oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so... We, we have a pretty decent Christmas Eve. I get really sick. Like I have really the worst allergies ever in my life. I am so sick that I wake up Christmas morning, open my presents, go and lay down and fall asleep for five more hours. Not my, not the best <laughs> Christmas. All these events have transpired. And then the day after my dad texts me and he says, do you have any most rapid tests? I think I might have COVID. And so I go and give him the rapid test and he tests positive for COVID. And I just want to mention my father is older he has a history of upper respiratory illnesses. He is semi out of shape, like his old person is, uh, and he's unvaccinated. And everyone else at all these events, the Christmas Eve service, the Christmas Eve party, everyone in our family is vaccinated. And uh, so we're not that worried about it because, you know, 99% of people who get COVID, they're pretty okay. And for the next week, my dad just keeps getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And a week after this has, has happened, they actually take him to the emergency room because he's having trouble breathing. And they go and they go and the doctor says, you definitely have COVID and then just send him home because hospitals are full. And so he then keeps getting sicker and sicker and then he has a fever for like 11 days straight. And so he is having other issues. So they take him to the emergency room again and they look at him and he has a potassium deficiency. He's dehydrated. And he might have some sort of um, additional viral infection on, on top of having COVID. But they send him home again. And the doctor's like, yeah, you probably should be on the road to recovery from this point on. And that doesn't happen. He keeps getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And finally, uh, about two weeks after getting diagnosed, like passing positive for COVID, uh, he wakes up and he can't move. He is He cannot move out of his bed. He cannot talk. He is completely immobilized, and so they call an ambulance, and so they take him to the hospital uh, where they diagnose him with COVID and COVID pneumonia, and they they try and, and test, see how he reacts to this non-invasive breathing machine thing, and it just doesn't take, and so finally, uh, I get a call from my brother, and he says, they're putting, they have to put dad in a medically induced coma. This is the only thing that'll save his life, 
And I actually call my dad and he cannot talk. He is completely unable to talk. I just pray with him over the phone. Um, and I've never heard him sound this scared. And it's a specific kind of scared where my dad this whole time just assumes COVID's no big deal. He's not vaccinated. He, you know, whatever. He just wasn't worried about it. And it's this weird specific type of fear of a thing he assumed wouldn't happen to him. has happened to him. Mm. Um, and so we, I pray with him over the phone. The bishop of my denomination, well, my dad's denomination, calls and prays with him as well. And he's put in a coma. And for those who do not know, he's, he's also put on a ventilator as part of the coma. Only 25% of people who get put on a ventilator survive. Uh, and the doctors, they were like, yeah, he's got like a 50-50 shot. And they're kind of being, they're just, they're being optimistic. But one person I talked to is very blunt with me and said like, this is, there's no guarantee this will, that he will survive this. We're doing, this is a last resort. We're doing what we can to potentially save his life. But your father is extremely sick. Like, and a lot of people we see as sick as him, the best case scenario is he's in a coma for at least a month, probably longer. And this happens on a Friday. Uh, I have to fill in for him on his church on Sunday. And so we have a little Zoom service and it is like doing my dad's wake. Everyone in that room, the virtual room, just assumes he's dead. <laughs> like they, I've, I've never been in a more dour service. People during a prayer time, they're just like pleading and lamenting to God to save my dad's life. My mother, who does not show motion from everyone, anyone ever for any reason is crying. Um, and I have to be the one to be like, guys, he's not dead. He is, he's, he's still alive. And there's, they wouldn't do this if there's no chance. They need the beds. They would just get, they would, you know, they would, they would say like, yeah, we're just going to give him, move him to hospice or something. He wasn't going to make it. They, he still has a shot and we worship a, a good God who could, it raises people from the dead. They, my dad is not the sickest person God has seen. God is fully sufficient and able to save my dad's life and heal him. Um, and so I had to be end up being the cheerleader for everyone. And the whole time, I'm not in a good mood. I'm not happy about it. But uh, we also had to, for separate reasons, had to delay the my church's youth retreat. Initially, we were planning on having a youth retreat the weekend that my dad had would have been put in a coma. We had to delay it because the staff at the place we do our retreats um, had a COVID outbreak. And they just didn't have staff to do the retreat. And in retrospect, that was God being like, you're not going to be... <laughs> You're going to be a little distracted this weekend. So I'm going to move this for you to delay it. And so every day for the next week, I call the hospital to get an update and they're honest with me, but everyone's praying for my dad. I posted about this in the cinematic doctrine, Facebook group. I posted in the prayer group I'm in. I texted everyone I knew uh, the entire denomination is praying for my dad. The school my dad teaches at as is um, the job that really pays the bills. Uh, everyone's praying for him there. People I haven't talked to in months or even years are texting me, let me know they're praying for my dad. There's churches all the way praying for my dad. And so for the next week or so, I would call and they would say, like, hey, your dad had a good day. You know, the machine was doing all his breathing. Now it's only doing 60% of his breathing. And the whole time they'd be like trying to like temper my expectations. They'd be like, you know, but he's not out of the woods yet. He's not out of the woods yet. I kept hearing that. And then I call and three days later, they're like, your dad is doing extremely well. He, the infection, the COVID infection has, has stayed in his lungs. It's not moving anywhere. Uh, but he is going through like alcohol withdrawals. Um, how much was your dad drinking? And it turns out my dad was maybe drinking a little more than he should have. He's not an alcoholic or anything, but he's like have a glass of wine every night kind of guy. And apparently for like, he's a relatively small guy. So apparently it was just enough to cause his body to, to develop a slight alcohol dependence. Yeah. Uh, but like, you know, he's got blood clots in his leg, which is pretty standard, but you know, and then he kept doing better and better in nine days after he went to coma. 
after telling me that he'd probably be in a coma for at least a month, they're like, we, we're going to take your dad out of the coma because he's doing that good. But we're going to still have to keep him on oxygen for a few days. So he gets out of a coma. And two days after being out of a coma, I'm sorry if my, the timeline isn't accurate, but two days after being in a coma, there's like, he's not on any oxygen. He's able to completely breathe on his own. Um, but, you know, he's he can't move. We have to roll him over so he can go to the bathroom. Like, he yeah, I can't move. And then I like, call again. And like a few days after that, they're like, yeah, your dad, like, he's moving around pretty good. He needs assistance, whatever. And so finally, um, I, everything you see in the news about COVID, I guess in real time, the big thing being the hospitals being overrun, there wasn't a rehab within at least 100 miles that could take my dad for physical rehab. So they just couldn't place him anywhere. But 22 days after being put in a medically induced coma, they sent my dad home because he was fully capable of moving around. He he's a walker, um, but he was able to get up the stairs in the apartment. He lives in fine. He's moving around. He's mm. mentally lucid. You know, like there was a brief period where he was a little loopy. Um, then I talked to him on the phone. He was telling me that they're, he was talk, talking about them trying to steal his identity or steal his phone or something. And I was like, what's going on with that? I was like, oh, your dad can't remember the, the password to his cell phone. So he can't get into it right now. <laughs> and for some reason that in his brain that meant, they're trying to steal my stuff. Uh, but like that happened for like a day and the next day he was totally fine, you know? And so he's currently at home. I was texting him yesterday about study Bibles and we were talking and you know, it's a miracle. Like it, this is a miracle. He, his turnaround consistently shocked the doctors and nurses and techs and everyone because he just kept progressing way, way quicker. Mm-hmm. So there's some people listening to this that probably prayed for my dad. And so thank you. If you prayed for my father and, uh, those who continue to pray for him is his recovery because he still does have a longer recovery. Granted, God's timetable is a little different than our timetable. Uh, but my father has turned his turnaround is nothing short of miraculous. You know, for context, um, I know other people who were put into medically induced comas for COVID around the same time as my father, and they're, they're still there. And um, that's not to belittle what's going through them, but like just for context, my father is in his sixties. He is like I said, a history of other medical Ill- issues. And, um, he's totally, you know, by the grace of God, he's still here and, you know, God is keeping him around here on earth for a reason. So, but that's what I was doing. So uh, I wasn't watching a lot of movies during this time or TV shows, <laughs> anything that even remotely had any sort of tension or anything. I wasn't really into, I was just coming to work and I must've looked like a zombie because everyone, my pastor, everyone was like, Dan, are you okay? Can you be here right now? And I was like, yeah, I, I need to do something. I can't just sit at home and, be like my dad's gonna you know die or whatever mm-hmm. so uh apologies for a lack of updates there was a period where our twitter account wasn't even tweeting or liking tweets or anything and, whatever um, i'm gonna take your apology away who cares <laughs> like whatever but, you it's know, fine totally cool so my dad almost died he did not which is good and although we did joke before the recording that we should imply that he did and then say he was fine <laughs> i'm not letting us get out of this without mentioning that <laughs> i thought yeah it's not something i don't know <laughs> it wasn't the vibe i was feeling i just started telling the story and yeah so our current interest rates went up because i got a call like you want to contest this and i was like what's the point my dad's gonna die so I was like, <laughs> you know well i should have died in the car accident not him you know so i was just like whatever but now i'm kind of regretting it I'm. I, that's the second weird car thing. I think I told the story in another on another episode where I got like, another one. Me and yeah. just drove away because I was like, it's fine. But there was that. So, there was. I think you had someone get into an accident out front of the church. Yes, an old woman just drove into something yeah. and then was like, "What?" If so. you want to get away with vehicular based crimes, just hit my car. I apparently will not fight you on it at all. You're the guy that John Ralphio is talking about. Where if you um 
in Parks and Rec, he'll he'll hit you, and then your insurance will give you like a million dollars. It's great. <laughs> you okay walking with a cane for like a month? <laughs> yeah, God is good. You know, Amen. If, yeah, this is a, this is a tangible reminder that God is active. God is sovereign over all things that happen, including my father, who got um, somehow got uh, COVID, and no one else who had any contact with him during that period of time, keep down with COVID mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, all these are things to uh, praise God for. So, you know, and uh, I've someone who worked in a hospital and just, you know, as a pastor of a church, uh, well, I'm not a head pastor or anything, but as someone who's connected with lots of people, I see the bad case scenarios of COVID and I've seen people not make it. So, um, you know, so praise God for those he heals and, uh, that we can come back and do this show. Yay. Let's talk about a comic book thing or something. You know, I will say that after this, anything to do with dads definitely hit harder for me. So, uh, so when you watch Freddy Got Fingered, it was just really tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, proud, <laughs> proud, proud. <laughs> I did watch Adventure all ten seasons of Adventure Time, and parents are a huge thing in that show. And anytime. They can't. I was like, this is so right. You know, <laughs> dads are so important. It did make me, this did bring my family closer together. I'll admit like, cause I had to like, I, every day I'd call and zoom with my mom and my brother and we would That's pray sweet. and, yeah, and, and, uh, they would cry and I physically have like issues. Like I literally like for some reason, like I will tear, I tear up a lot. I get emotional a lot, but like actually physically crying, it just doesn't happen to me very often for whatever reason. So but they would cry in front of me and I'd feel like a jerk. So I was just like staring at them. And <laughs> just like some weirdo <laughs> observing their crying. Like, mm, yeah. this is what humans do when they feel emotion. It's like Terminator two. Like, I now understand why humans cry. <laughs> and I dip myself in molten chemicals and melt. So, so they're crying and you're just giving them thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, where's my dad? I'm like, what happened to Dan? I'm like, oh, he, he went through something. I don't know. <laughs> that seems like a good enough catch up, though, for everybody. Uh, if you want to, we're back. Yay, we're back. Now you know why we're back. Yeah. And if, if you're in the Cinematic Doctor and Facebook group, don't be afraid to post prayer requests or. Absolutely. Because that's kind of totally. what the body of christ is here for so you know it's it was it was really nice uh for me just to know that other believers are lifting up my dad but it's also like this is it's part of the blessings and you get to share that i've been able to share with non-believers like listen like my dad had a 75 percent chance that he was going to die and then this is what happened to him and you know we as a believer we credit the lord with this so this is this has been a great thing because I posted in, in other groups I'm in that are not Christian, but I, I posted thing just like, hey, let's let everyone know this is what's going on with my dad. And so, but it's also an encouragement to believers. So I I posted this whole thing in a in a Pentecostal prayer group I'm in, and so I was like, my dad, like I posted the whole thing, like, and 22 days later he's home, and people were just posting like the first off they're posting the praise hands emojis all in the comments, Cute. but also people were saying like that's my Jesus, that's what you know, that's the you know that's Jesus right there, and it was just like great, like listen, like sometimes we need to be reminded like hey. This is what we have in Christ. This is the, for us, this is reality. The reality is that God is, you know, conquered sin and the grave. God, our God is heals. Our God is more than able. So sometimes you need to be reminded of that. 
Thanks so much for checking out this episode of Cinematic Doctrine. If you enjoyed this episode, consider leaving a review and subscribing to the podcast. And as mentioned before, Cinematic Doctrine has a Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you're opted into a once-a-month movie poll where you decide a movie we discuss on the podcast. There are other unique benefits that come with supporting the podcast, so be sure to check that out at patreon.com forward slash cinematic doctrine. A special shout out to those who support at the Art House Theater tier on Patreon. Thank you so much, Mom, Dad, Melanie, Sherlyon, and Thomas. You guys are the best, and your continued monetary support is greatly appreciated. Until next time, stay cool. Want some Cinematic Doctrine swag? You're in luck. We've got 3-inch Cinematic Doctrine logo stickers exclusive for Patreon supporters. Perfect for your travel mug or laptop. Head over to patreon.com forward slash cinematic doctrine, link in the show notes, and choose the independent theater tier. Doing so will net you other perks too. But let's be real, the podcast stickers are the coolest perk. So get yourself some podcast stickers by supporting on Patreon.